My name is Sivia Cohen. I'm the founder of 14 Minds, a marketing agency that specializes in developing strategic campaigns that help nonprofit organizations connect with their audience. I've had the privilege of meeting some inspirational nonprofit leaders and doers who have devoted an untold number of hours to achieving their mission. Many of these incredible individuals have shared a similar frustration with me along these lines. No one knows what we really do, not even our own volunteers. It's so hard to explain all of our different services. People think our organization is a lot smaller than it is. That's why I created this podcast, to give non-for-profits a platform to share their mission with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you as much as they inspire me. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Today, I'm really excited to have with me Rabbi Ari Abramowitz, the Executive Director of Nevut Lone Soldier Veterans. I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about the organization. So let's jump right in. Um, Rabbi Abramowitz, what can you tell me about Nevut? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. And Nevut is an organization that was founded on the fact that there are many Americans and people from many young men and women from around the world that go and join the IDF and Israel, the Israel Defense Forces. And they go there and they, they're as a volunteer. And when they come and they finish their, their service, one of the challenges is they're not staying in Israel. And the reason is because they have family or they have, um, you know, it could be too hard financially and they come back to the States or other areas, wherever their home country is. And now there's that transition period where they're coming back from their military service and they're not classified as an American veteran. They're not classified as a veteran from another country. And as well as they're not living in Israel anymore. So they're not able to get any of the services. They don't have that community. And that was something that was very important that we saw was like, wait, there are many of these lone soldiers that are back here in the States and none of them have that community and the resources. And that's really where we founded Nivut from. So were you involved from the, from the very beginning? So actually, um, a, a little bit of my background and my story is I was actually, I'm from Muncie, New York, and I was uh, in 2008, I was studying in school in Israel. And we heard about that there were these rockets that were flying from Sterot, which I to Sterot, which was from Gaza into Sterot. And we wanted to experience, you know, as an American, you don't really understand what's going on. So we, we went down there for Shabbat for the weekend. And when we were there, all of a sudden we hear Tseva Adom, Tseva Adom. And, you know, I don't know Hebrew that well. I'm, you know, I'm coming from America and I'm just, I live in the Jewish community in New York. And, you know, usually here by four candle lighting on Friday night, you would hear, um, you know, there's a siren that goes off and, you know, okay, that's for the candle lighting. And here I was like, okay, it's right before the candle lighting time on Friday night. And all of a sudden you hear these Tseva Adom. And I thought, okay, it was people that were, you know, running to the synagogue, getting ready. And it was all of a sudden I heard a tremendous boom and it was an explosion. And wow. there were four rockets that um, exploded one after another there. And then after Shabbat also, we had, uh, we had another six rockets that landed and one had a direct hit on one of the houses that we were right nearby. And, you know, just being able to see you had 15 seconds to run for shelter and run for your life. It was, it was a crazy experience. And that's really where I said, wow, like, you know, I want to be able to go and help defend, be able to help uh, defend the state of Israel, the Jewish people. And, you know, so that's where I went to join the IDF and being able to go do my service. I was actually, you know, being able to help really be part of a counter-terror unit and, you know, did that was an infantry. And then after my service, I worked, so I got, I came back to the States, got my rabbinical degree, my smicha. And then I went back to, I got married and my wife and I, we moved to Israel and we started, we were running a program for lone soldiers. Again, the lone soldiers is someone without family in Israel. So that's all the Americans and anyone from around the world that joins the IDF. 
And when that happened, we were there, we had, we literally were dealing with thousands of soldiers, uh, lone soldiers all the time. And then in 2016, we moved back to the States and that's where we realized that there was this missing link of when they get back to the States, when they get back to their home country. And so that's where my wife and I, we founded Nivut to make sure that no lone soldier is ever going to be without the proper resources. And just so you understand what Nivut means, Nivut actually means to navigate. And in life, you know, we all, we often navigate our life and in the army, you have to navigate and then, but what happens when you finish? So in just like in general life, you need to have a map to know where you're going from point A to point B. One of the big things that we saw was when you're in your, when you're going out of the army, you also need a map. And what does that map stand for is you need to have something that is meaning and purpose, M-A-P. And that's really oh, where- I like that. Wow. Yeah, so that's really where Navot came from. And that's that we started that in 2017. That's incredible. So what, what services does the organization provide? Okay. So the organization, how we, what I found was that for anyone as a soldier, you're going to go to the army, you're going there a lot of times. You're someone that has a, you're, you're very tough. You're out there, you're making sure, you know, you're there, you're always on the front lines. You're putting yourself in a situation. You're, you're really putting yourself out there in a, in a way that you're, you're not going to show that you're vulnerable. And when they come back to the, to, you know, when they finish their service, they still have that, I would call it the macho complex where, Hey, I was a soldier, I'm tough and all that. But really on the inside, a lot of times the trauma that they were dealing with, whether it's from childhood trauma from the military or other things could really be affecting them. So the way that we figured out how to be able to make everyone feel warm and be able to feel open to each other was through community. So one of the biggest aspects of Nibud is we have we have chapters, which I'll go into a drop later, is we have chapters, but every month we have make sure we have events, whether it's um, you know, we have get-togethers, we have you know, weekends together, we have uh, we have different events that are going on every single, every single month in every location making sure that these soldiers, that they come back here, they feel really comfortable. They feel they have the community. And then from there, once they feel that they have the community, and again, these events aren't just, okay, we have an event from four o'clock till 7 p.m. and then the, the, the lights shut off and everyone goes home. It's these, most of these events, they go till three, four, five in the morning. When you're talking about, that's really when you find out what someone's going through, the challenges that they're going through and that they know they can always reach out to you. And that's something that's really you know, very, very special about the organization. And so with the community, once you have that community, what goes on from there is you have, okay, well, now we know someone's came out of the army. They're really struggling with finding a job and they're figuring out what to do with their life. What's my next step? I was just now in my army service and this, there was the most incredible meaning and purpose I had in my life. I was there, I was defending. I actually felt like I was doing something special. And now here I am. And I'm like, I'm lost. I don't know what to do next. So that's where we started to make sure that the career was a foundation of making sure that every lone soldier that comes out, we could help them, whether it's with scholarships, we have scholarships for them to go to school for long-term, short-term, as well as we have advisors and mentors that help the lone soldiers figuring out what to be able to do with their career if they're trying to figure out what goes on. And then besides for that also was we have the well-being part, which is a very, very big purpose is one thing about lone soldiers is, you know, we all have a story. Everyone has a story why they went to the military, why they're, why they're in the army. And a lot of times, again, it could be things from their childhood, things they come from broken homes, different things happen like that. And when you, when they come out of, a lot of times when you go to the army, you put the challenges that you had under the carpet. And then when you come out after those challenges don't go away, they actually come back out. And so that's where we have, we pay for therapy. We help soldiers find therapists. We also help we do what we know. We have referrals for them. We have group therapy. We really make sure that any soldier that needs something, they feel free that they could always reach out to us and ask for whatever they need. And we're going to always be there for them. Wow. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of things that you're doing for these people. About how many people would you say you service 
or have now that you've helped over the years? So we have right now, we have over 440 lone soldiers that are part of our program. And that's, we have chapters right now in California, Texas, Florida, New Jersey, New York, and England. It keeps, it keeps on growing. And it's just, we have, what we do is we have lone soldiers that um, finish their service that are back here now that want to take on a leadership role. We have them be able to join and be part of the group as the chapter leaders. Oh, wow. That's really nice. Okay. Amazing. So let me ask you what you would say when, when running your organization, what would you say is the biggest day-to-day challenge that you encounter? The biggest day-to-day challenge that I personally encounter is as we're still a startup organization, dealing with not only is all the hats that I wear, meaning I have to do the fundraising for the organization as well as do that minute, make sure that administrative is going properly, as well as making sure the chapter leaders are all taken care of, being able to give them the delegating, you know, making sure the systems are in place as well as the soldiers are reaching out to us. And when, as you become more and more successful and you see the impact that you're having, more people every day are reaching out to us. And I'm just going through my list today. And it's like, there's nonstop of amount of phone calls I have to make and I can't get through. And then every time you speak to someone, and someone calls you, it's not just one phone call. It's okay. I have to get them to the right therapist. I have to make sure the right connections there. And I have, you know, I have two, two people that are working for us. And then we have, we have over 40, you know, volunteers in different capacities and, you know, people willing to help out, but it's really juggling those pieces when you're on a small budget, be able to really make sure that you're being efficient and making sure that, that the, the soldiers that you're helping as well as the donors that don't fall through the cracks. And that's something that's, you know, I feel, I, I feel so bad about sometimes when I look at the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not call this person yet. And I told them I'd give them a call yesterday. And, you know, then just following up with them. Someone's going through a hard time, a crisis, a parent calls you for it. And it's not, it's not a two minute phone call either because they're going through their challenges they have. And you have to have the air to speak to them. You have to be empathetic as well as your donors. Your donors also want to feel involved. And, you know, at the same time, you can't post day to day what goes on behind the scenes because a lot of it's pri- uh, private and confidential. So in a way you're like, no, you're like, oh, so what, what was going on today? And you're like, I had like 40 phone calls to make and I've got, got through like seven or eight of them. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't get to you yet. And then there's someone like, hey, you're supposed to get back to me. I'm like, I'm trying to do the best I can. You have to understand, I also have a wife and kids. That's my number one most priority, making sure that they're taken care of as well as, you know, the organization. And I want to be able to be there for you guys as well. So that's, you know, that's, that's my day-to-day is making sure to be able to juggle it properly. And I, I work on that. And the way I work on that is, but actually, I take care of myself. Of every single morning, I get up usually between four thirty and five. I'm exercising, running, doing uh, hiking. I do, you know, we do a lot of I do a lot of extreme workouts and different things just to be able to not only stay in shape, but be able to make sure that if I take care of myself, and then I also make sure to pray every day, do my learning every day as I'm as I'm Jewish and religious. You know, I make sure to do all my my learning and my my Torah learning. You know, I just really make sure that my day is taken care of. But I don't want to affect the organization. I don't want to affect my family. So I go and I do that my own time early in the morning. Wow. That was an incredible answer. I think I'm exhausted just hearing you list what you do every day. <laughs> but you know, from my experience, it's a very common challenge um, that leaders of nonprofits face is just having to do too much. And I think that your response about taking care of yourself first, that's a it's the first time I've heard that answer and I really love it because, you know, people, I think, usually put themselves last, but at the end of the day, that comes at the expense of what they're doing. So that's incredible. So that's your biggest day-to-day challenge. Do you think you have more of a big picture challenge, let's say like a long-term challenge when it comes to the growth of your organization that you face? The, the growth of the organization, I feel like the, the challenge that I would be facing is as we're growing and we're reaching more people is making sure that the chapter leaders that right now that we have are all volunteers, 
being able to make sure that they're first of all taken care of, and as well as being able to make sure that they all have the resources that are needed so that they could really flourish properly. And that's, that's the one thing I see every single day is like, okay, I got to make sure I'm giving the time also to the chapter leaders. And if they can't come through with something, make sure we have a backup for them. Make sure there's other people in the, you know, in the chain of command in each area. So it's really building up the chapters that is for myself is like the, is it such an important goal for the future growth of the organization, which I still, I see right now happening every day. And that's part of making sure that you could really grow properly is when you have the systems in place and you have the organization, you know, the chapter leaders able to run properly and really making sure that they feel that they're taken care of in a way of that they have the resources they, they need. And if they ever need something, they can always reach out to me and I'm available. That really helps them be able to grow. And that's, that's hopefully what I'll be able to do for the future of the organization. Amazing. I like that. Okay. So tell me, do you have, I guess, I'm sure you have a million, but do you have one favorite story of something that happened within your organization or somebody that you helped, something that really sticks out in your mind and that you can share with us? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a story that, I mean, there, there's hundreds of stories that happen every day. And I think one of them is we had one of the lone soldiers. He, was, uh, he finished his service. And right when he finished it, he had cancer. And he found out about that. And he, had to, he was here in the States. And we put out there, like, just even for our, our community, of, and this was right at the beginning, it was 2018, just put out there, hey guys, is um, you know one of the soldiers is right now just had cancer. Could you guys come over and uh, be there for him with him in the hospital for Shabbat? And could we have some uh, soldiers cook? And then the soldier said, hey, why don't we go get him an iPad? And you know a lot of the guys are coming out of the army. They don't have a lot of money as their their, their paycheck is extremely below minimum wage, you know. And so we everyone chipped in, whether it was fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, and we were able to get him an iPad and be able to be there with him. And be able to see his growth. And it was such a special, you know, see, see him grow. And, you know, now today he's better and he's married and all that. But just being there as that community, I think it was such a special thing to see that. I know we have a tremendous power, all of us. Again, there's every one of these soldiers is, is literally amazing, amazing person. And if you could just tap into their potential, make them feel that they have a responsibility, as they call it in Hebrew, uh, and it's a responsibility for each other that is really where I see the organization flourishing. And, you know, that's what, that's what happens so often is when, you know, someone calls and says like, Hey, I know this guy just came out of the army or I know him and he's going through a really hard time. Could I, you know, could you reach out to him or, you know, this person's going through this, could we reach out to him? And that happens every day. So seeing that every soldier feels that, you know, the more and more getting that out there and that, that everyone should feel that way. And that they also see them take the initiative when someone's going through a challenge, that is literally the biggest success stories you could have is that no one should ever feel alone. We should take out that word lone soldier. It should be that they're a soldier, they're a veteran, but not that they're ever alone. Is that your, is that part of your mission that eradicating the lone part of it? It's more of a nice slogan, I would say, but really my main part of the mission with, with this would be that everyone feels that we are, we are a community. So I guess that's a nice, it, it is the, it is the right word to use, but I, I really do tell that to everyone as guys, we have the, we have the responsibility for each other. And I think everyone, everyone more and more as we're growing and people are seeing the impact, that's what everyone feels and realizes and says, Hey, we got to be here for each other more and more. Wow. So it's really not just about helping the individual soldiers, but about building this community of soldiers that can also help each other. Exactly. And I think even more than that is when these soldiers are in a good place, someone that was going through a hard challenge, and is now in a good place that they could go and they could be a mentor for someone else. They could be able to help someone else, someone that's going through a hard time. And that's one of the big things that I have a challenge with is you have these soldiers that are like, Hey, I don't need you. I'm good. I'm good on my own. I'm doing this right now. And I say, it's not about that. You need us. It's, I need you. 
I need you right now that you have, there's, there's so many other soldiers that are struggling or going through a challenge. Why don't you go out with them for breakfast? Why don't you go take them out here? And again, we have a program, a mentor to mentor program where they, you know, we have, we give them, we give them a little stipend for breakfast or give them, you know, to go, go out and be able to meet others. But that's my whole thing is it's not, if you don't need the help, it's not about you needing the help. It's how you could help someone else. out. And if you could always remember that, you know what, that's what we're here for as a community. And so that's, that's my big push for the people that are like, no, you know, I'm good as you could be good, but don't forget about all the other brothers and sisters that are there that are coming out that need you. Wow. What, what percentage is uh, men versus women? It's uh, 75 to 80% men over, uh, over women. Things just a larger number are males that are going to the IDF more than the women. And then a lot more women also that are going to stay in Israel. It's just a uh, oh, bigger number. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. So Tell me, was there anything unexpected that came out of starting your organization? Like I'm sure once you started it, these things tend to kind of grow organically and I'm sure you had a lot in mind, but was there anything unexpected that you really didn't foresee that would either happen or take off? I, I would feel that the, the biggest thing that happened in a positive way was how many people are reaching out that they want to be able to get involved. Like that, that has been just something that's really, really like phenomenal to see. You, you, I never, you know, okay, you think as every business leader, every business owner, everyone that has a nonprofit, you have your doubts in your head, you know, all those days, you know, something doesn't work out. You're like, okay, like what's going on here? Is this like, is this worthwhile? And I think one of the biggest things to the negative was I had a mentor that was, you know, that was in a, that was working with me and he, and he, he asked me a question. He said, you're already doing this for a year right now, this organization, and you're barely able to cover your salary even. and like maybe you should go speak to your biggest donors and find out if this is something worthwhile. And that threw me off like literally a month because I started calling, like you said, call your biggest donors, a few of them. And I called them, they said, maybe get a side job, this and that. And like, maybe it's not worthwhile. And it was like, it really bothered me tremendously because I'm like, maybe he just doesn't understand the importance of it and how many lives we're saving. And I'm going to go to that story and say uh, a few months after my, the, this person told me this that said, maybe I should go, you know, speak to someone else and get another opinion on what I'm doing. I, you know, we had an event where we have these group meetups every month. And one of the soldiers said, you know, um, like, I don't know if it's worth living anymore. And, and, you know, right then a few of the soldiers spoke to him. We had a therapist there and, you know, a bunch of months later, he came over to me at a wedding and he said, you know, that night changed my life. He said, when I said that, a few of the guys came over to me and I spoke and people said, and I realized that life isn't so bad and I got help that I needed. And, you know, today's married with kids and all that. And it's like the most special thing to see, like, this is real. This is like real life saving work. And, you know, you hear about in America, you hear about suicide, you know, this has happened in Israel also, you know, there's a lot of lone soldiers that are going to the army. They're going because of underlying things. And when I got that thrown at me of like, maybe it's not worthwhile what you're doing. And people throw that, you know, threw that to me till a year or two ago. And then wow. I think it really stopped. It's it really stopped. It was, you know, after a while, I'm just like, I'm not going to associate myself. If you don't like what I'm doing, great. I'm going to move forward. You know, people challenge me all the time. And then after that, I, I stopped worrying about that because if you don't think I'm doing good work or you say like, oh, maybe it's, you know, maybe you should do it something else or do this or, and you know, that happened a few weeks ago. Also, someone sent me a message saying like, it's very nice. You're doing all this stuff, but what about the security in the community? I said, Right now, I have to save lives of what we're doing right now. I know every day I'm saving lives and people are reaching out every single day. I'm not going to all of a sudden start doing something else. Again, it's a great thing, but I know my mission. I know what we're doing and I see the impact of it. And that's really where I feel so powered by. Um, I don't want to take any negativity. If you want to be negative, you obviously don't understand what's going on. 
but I already got burnt out and I'm not, I'm not having that again. I'm not going to start getting thrown uh, negativity my way because it has to be a positive. And I love working with people that have positive energy and that we're going to work forward. Like, Hey, we're going to make this work. We're going to make it work. And again, you know, we have every nonprofit has its challenges. You go through and there's a hundred dollars in the bank account. Also, you don't know how you're going to pay something. You put it on the credit card. You know, every, every big organization company started like that in someone's living room. And, you know, that's how we work. We don't have any fancy big offices. We work in, you know, work in my house, but the impact is huge because we have events all over. We have programs all over. And, and, you know, I love the idea of being lean and, you know, so that's where, that's where I really feel it. You know, any challenge that will come my way and people say things, I have to just be able to make sure that that doesn't affect my headspace and that I can move forward and say, no, I have the mission clear in front of me. And I know what we're doing. I know we're saving lives and I know we're changing lives. And if you want to look at the numbers here, there was over 500 phone calls in the past four months. You tell me that's not success. I don't know what to say. You know, that, that, that wow, that's, that's phenomenal. I mean, just only imagine if you would have taken to heart those people who said neither stop or pause or it's not so important. And then you've been able to help so many people. I mean, that really applies to everyone, nonprofits and businesses. And, you know, it's so easy to have doubt and to question yourself, but I think that you express such an important point was what is when your mission is very clear, then naysayers are not going to stop you because you know exactly what you need to be doing. So that I, I really like that. That's really inspirational. Thank you. So now I'm going to ask you kind of a fun question that maybe will never happen, but it's fun to think about. If someone today were to hand you a really large sum of money or even a blank check and said, take this and do anything that you want for your organization, what would you do with the money? It's a great, it's a great question. It was <laughs> right? funny because I was, I was asked that a few years ago by a good friend of mine. He said, if you had to open you know, a blank check, what would you do with it? And I said, the first thing is I'd actually go to my board and discuss with them. And <laughs> I'm the type of person that, you know, there's, there's so many visions that we have as an organization to be able to say, hey, we could take this to the next level and bring it out there. But even with, you know, with an open blank check from one person, the one thing I always like do to hold myself back is look what happened with COVID. Like, you know, you had these, there's organizations that were run by, that were supplied by one person. All of a sudden that one person can't give anymore. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, what are we going to do now? We, we can't even work. And so I would love to say, maybe switch around that question almost and say, imagine right now we had, you had a campaign where you had infinite amount of money coming from a lot of people. Now, what could you do? And just uh, just switching up the question a little bit compared to one okay. person. Okay. So, so yeah, so really what I would love to be able to do is seeing with this organization is be able to not only have it in the United States, but be able to have uh, resources while they're even in Israel, while they're finishing their, ser- you know, when they finish their service, really be able to expand it. But at the same time, be able to do it in a way that everyone still feels a personal connection. I don't want it to become too big that it feels like, oh, we're a $500 million organization and and everything's aloof and you can't speak to the person on top. You can't speak to anyone there because those organizations very, very much scare me as being, you know, as being a small nonprofit. I love it. I love that thing that, you know, you could call, you can get to the head and that's, I really feel where the connections come in the most. So being able to be a resource for everyone, being able to have the programs, be able to continue doing programs, do amazing programs. And, you know, the one thing is, you know, many organizations, they'll spend on their events, they'll spend thousands and thousands of dollars for 50 people, or, you know, 60 people. And we have, we have a, in the winter, we have a camp, we have a Shabbaton, we have a weekend 
we do skiing on Sunday and all these other things. The whole event costs us less than $2,000 for three days. And we have everyone involved with it. Everyone's being part, you know, we're able to get places that they give us for barely any money because we're a great organization. They love what we're doing and people are giving away their houses to us to use. And like, and it's very, and you know, these, they're winter houses. I mean, they're summer houses, so they're not there in the winter. They give it to us. And like, we're able to really be lean. So I would say like, for me, is how we could have as many resources, get the community involved, people involved. But it doesn't mean it's not about the check. It's about, you know, showing the impact and let's do more and more impact with it. Do we need a few more people to help out? Great, we'll get that done. But I want to be able to see that the community is involved. It doesn't need to be... I always say, I don't need a, I don't need a $50 million organization because I think we could do good with the resources we have with people volunteering their time, people giving their time over and people want to. People are like, whoa, I'd love to help out with the soldiers. So it's, I would say it's a little bit less about the money. Again, do I have visions? I have so many visions out there, but a lot of times I have to pinch myself and say, no, 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 focus on what's in front of you right now. And obviously you have a 10-year vision, the 10-year goal of you know, making sure the chapters are growing really well, growing phenomenally. You want to have a place where they can come to a retreat, a training center, you know, where they could learn about careers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's great. But I also want to be realistic about it and be able to do it in a systematical approach. That's my, that's how I work. That, that really resonates with me because I think the trend has become, you know, especially when it was like everything was virtual, bigger and splashier and let's spend tons of money on having, a, you know, a big name and who knows what else. And I always like wonder, like, is this really necessary to raise awareness, to raise funds? Can we? And I like the way you're, you're thinking is like, no, it doesn't have to be bigger and splashier to be more effective. So thank you for that. That's, that's really great. And not, not what I expected when I had yeah. the question. It's, it's funny because I do see, you do see this with so many organizations. What's your budget? And I have that all the time. People say, what's your budget? And I, have, I have the budget. And you know, this year is like uh, $415,000. And I said, but that budget, I know I could knock in half. I want to try to get those resources and those things covered. So it doesn't have to be so big. And not because I don't want people to give, but people, a lot of times, Hey, they could write you a check for 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, but wouldn't it be amazing for them instead that they were able to offer you their place where they could feel connected and feel part of it. And that they're not writing you the check because they have the property already. They have the thing. It's like, it's just, there's so many things we could do without the big splashy money and wasting money. And I, I love to be able to go lean because I just feel like at the end of the day, we look back and say, wait, where did my money go? Did my money right now go to the garbage somewhere? Is it going to some, you know, someone's fancy office, someone's crazy payroll? Or is there a way to do it properly? And if we could work in a properly way, again, I really believe that there's always money for any nonprofit out there that's listening to this. You know what? There's, there's, don't, don't ever look at someone else and say, oh no, someone has more money than me or this, you know, strive for billions of dollars. You know what? Work on how you are as a person. Work on your relationships, how you work with people. You know, you're going to build your organization perfectly for you, how you want it to be successful. And so that's, uh, that's my thoughts on the lean part. That's fantastic, really. I'm, I think every nonprofit leader needs to hear this. Um, so you mentioned something about people getting involved. What are the options for someone who wants to get involved? Obviously, you know, I'm sure you'll always take donations. Are there any other ways? Do you have volunteers? Yeah, so it's actually it's actually interesting. This um, we've you know, as being soldiers, we like to do extreme things. So we've done like we've actually done like we had the community get involved of doing like a tough mutter event. It was like a ten mile, uh, twenty obstacle thing together with the soldiers. We're doing we did it. We're doing a hundred mile and fifty mile bike ride in the summer. Like you know, having them be able to connect with the community. We have you know we have shabbatons that people if they want to host the soldiers again hosting the soldiers. What I like to say about that is you know people call all the time and say hey I love to host the soldiers. I say, you know what, let's get involved. Come to an event. Do you want to be able to 
host an event by house. Let's do something where they feel that you feel connected with them and the soldiers also feel connected with you. Because otherwise it's very hard to be able to say, hey, like, I just want to, you know, just send me over soldiers. Well, I don't know who you are. So I love, I love it when the people that get involved, whether it's like, hey, you know what? I love bike riding. I love, you know, I have a neighbor. I could help with a job. I have a company or my friend has a company. There's a job opportunity. We have job boards on our website. You know what? You find the job somewhere. If you send us that job, let us know about it. Are you looking to hire? You know, just going that way. Do you know someone that's a great therapist that could help us? You know, we're still, we're still growing. We're still, you know, again, we have, we're connected with a lot of organizations. Could you make an introduction to another organization? That might be great with us. I love working with other people. I love working with other organizations. I don't, I really, really don't believe I have, we have any competition out there because I don't, I don't use the word competition. Everyone has their own mission of what they're focused on. So very nice. We have the same people while someone's offering something else. So do you see things that I don't see? Again, I'm one person, but if there's a bunch of people that are like, Hey, we're living in Dale, New Jersey, or, you know, we're living in Florida and like we have our community show and we have jobs, you know, everyday people are, are saying, Hey, we have an apartment available. We're looking for jobs. We're looking you know, we have a chat that I've, I've made for the organization, so many different groups for the soldiers to help them. And, you know, in the proper way that they can have this community of just, Hey, I need a resource. I need a job. I need help with this. You know what? There's people out there that if they know of things and they see of things and they're like, Hey, my soul would love to be able to host soldiers. We'd love to be able to help you out with something, you know, those would be huge. And I think bigger than giving tzedakah sometimes is giving someone a job, giving someone a career. And the other thing I always tell everyone is, I, you know, again, there's a lot of jobs that you can get that are going to give you $15 an hour and they're going to be, you know, because you need a job. I would love to find jobs where there's soldiers that come out and they're great soldiers and they need something. Well, maybe just a little bit of direction, but these soldiers would do amazing. And you just point them in the right direction, they'll go a million miles. And there's plenty of jobs out there, but I want them to be in a good environment. I want them to be able to go to a company where they'll grow and that they're going to be able to support their family properly and not be struggling. Because if they're struggling after... You know, that's not, the, that's not going to be financial stability for them. And I don't want that. I want them to be in a great place because that would really help them grow and be in a good environment. Wow. Amazing. So before I ask my last question, if somebody does want to contact you because they have a job opportunity or they want to get involved or they know somebody who needs your help, where, where should they go? Do you have a website, email? So they can go to the website, which is nevut.org or they could... So again, it's nevut.org, or they could just email me. Again, I, I get all the emails. It's not too big to send it to me. Again, I sometimes may take a day or two to respond, but I'm usually pretty good with it. A-R-I-R-E at nevut.org, A-R-I at nevut.org. And again, I'm saying if they want to, they, on the website, they can even WhatsApp us. There's the number there. Like really where I love being that small part that we're all, we're all human beings at the end of the day. There's no one too high for us. We're, you know, we're all in this together. We all started somewhere small. We all went to school together. And I, I really, as a nonprofit, you know, executive and all that, I, I, I look at it, the same soldiers that are there, like are 20 years old right now. I give them the one thing everyone knows. I give everyone a big hug. Like, that's my thing. And like, it doesn't make a difference. Oh, you're, there's no one too aloof. We're all human beings at the end of the day. So I want people to know that as well. And even in the nonprofit world, you know, whoever's going to hear this is, you know what, we're all here for each other and it could be helping each other out. So feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you know, I love to be able to chat, schmooze. If you know, if, if people, the best way people want to ever catch me, if they're really down for a good morning hike, a good a good run, five thirty in the morning, I'll be there <laughs> and I'll be able to do that. You know, that, that, I like spending my time not in a coffee shop, but on the doing something where I'll be able to get that other exercise done as well and be able to be productive. That's really nice. Wow, out of the box. Yeah. Okay, 100%. so I I want to end off with one final question. Um, and you know, if there might be people listening who were not familiar with Navot, 
or, you know, even who are not listening, but somebody who did hear can share with them. What would be the one thing you would want to tell the world about your organization? This is a really important message for everyone that will go a long way. Every soldier that's out there, when you take off their uniform, they're just like everyone else. And they have the same challenges and the same things that everyone else goes through. And you have to understand that however much they are, they're amazing on the outside. They still have emotions. They still, they still need us here for them. And it's not just, oh, they're wearing the uniform. Oh, the soldiers, they're amazing. We love you and all that. And then the second you see them on the street, they're like, oh, okay, is this another, another person? No, these people are amazing people. And it's not just about when there's a big war that's going on that everyone's like, wow, we're so excited about them. And then, oh, the war is done right now. Okay, so we'll forget about them. No, they're boys and girls that are in our own community. And it's about after that. It's, it's something so important, not to forget one, that they're just like everyone else. They just have, they have the emotions, they have the challenges, just like every one of us do. And then the second thing is, you know what? It's beyond the uniform. It's, there's so much more to it. And, and when, they, when they come out, let's not forget about them. We could say thank you, but how? Not just about thank you for your service, but how could I help you be able to be successful? You've given so much of your life. And even for myself, being in the reserves right now, I go back to Israel all the time to serve. My wife is amazing. She lets me go do this, you know. But be able to do that. You're there. You're guarding somewhere. You're protecting. You're, thousands of people below you in the villages are sleeping at night. And you know that you're there protecting every one of them. And now, what could we do in the return and say, how can we help them out? They finished. They stayed up all those nights protecting us. Now, what could we do to help them move forward? Wow. Robert Baumwitz, thank you so much for doing this. This is really, really incredible. I can't wait to share this. Thank okay, you so thank much. Thank you so much. Okay, have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Change the World podcast. If you have any feedback or comments, or if you are a nonprofit leader who is interested in learning more about how 14 Minds can help you, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me by email at sivia at 14minds.com. For more nonprofit content, follow me on LinkedIn or visit 14minds.com to subscribe to our mailing list.